Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Mark chapter 1. I want to read from verse 9. Verse 9 to verse 11. The Bible says, At that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven becoming torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Father, I just thank you for your word. And I thank you for the church. And I thank you for this gathering today. Would you come by the Holy Spirit and speak to us? Let your word penetrate our hearts. Let this word become a... um, a revelation in our hearts. Let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Find every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom here today. I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you that you will speak. Lives will be changed. And Father, we just um, let the, pray, let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. And let our hearts be open to hear from you. This we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I wanted to speak on the subject of baptism today. Uh, As a church, we have two ordinances, communion, uh, where we remember the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And the second uh, is baptism. Uh, And this morning, we're actually celebrating both of those things. In a few moments, we're going to be breaking bread together. And uh, and then in the second service, uh, we have 11 people getting baptized. Come on. Come on. Let's just give a round of applause. Just thank the Lord for that. It's pretty powerful. We're excited about that. And if you want to have a double dose uh, service today, double shot service, you know, uh, feel free to stick around for the second service because it's going to be amazing. And the reason why we baptize people is because it's exactly what Jesus told us to do. Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. I love that. Let us never be distracted by the mission of the church of Jesus Christ. Therefore, thank God for buildings, thank God for worship, thank God for everything that we have. But let's remember the mission of the church, which is, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. It's not even go somewhere. It's not go to the, go to the Philippines or, or any other country that, that God calls you to. It's part of it. It's part of it. But the actual word they go in the Greek as, it's as you go, make disciples. It's as you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. One of the marks of a disciple is their willingness to be baptized. There's there's no such thing in the New Testament as a person who wants to follow Jesus Christ but doesn't want to get baptized. Everyone who, who became a follower of Jesus Christ, the natural next step in their walk with God was to get baptized um, and to give their life to Jesus. Jesus commanded it and the early church practiced it. When Peter preached to the crowd in Acts chapter 2, they asked, what do we need to do? Peter said, repent and be baptized. Repentance is, is not so much about a change of behavior, although that comes next. Repentance is ultimately about a change in, in terms of how we think, how we think about God, 
how we think about, about faith. It's repent, let there be a change of mind in, in, in terms of how you think, which obviously then influences how we behave. Then be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And the Bible says that some 3,000 people were baptized on that day. What an amazing baptism service that would have been. Some people ask the question, um, uh, why don't we baptize children? Maybe you're new to church and you're kind of wondering, why do we baptize adults? Why not children? And, and the reason is quite simple. There's no example in Scripture of that. Jesus was baptized as an adult and, and all the baptism of the New Testament um, were, were of adults. Um, also, we call it ba believer's baptism uh, because it's an outward sign of an inward decision to follow Jesus Christ. And we believe ultimately that only a, an adult can make that decision to follow Jesus Christ. Hence, as an adult, then they can make the decision, their own decision, to actually uh, uh, be baptized in water. Big question is, what is the significance or purpose of baptism? Now, some, some people see baptism as a ritual or a religious uh, you know, ceremony, a traditional observance uh, that needs to be followed. And if that's all baptism is, well, we've kind of missed the mark when it comes to baptism. We've missed the purpose of baptism. If that's all you think it is, just go for a swim in the pool. Come on. Uh, just go for a dip in the ocean and, that's, and that'll settle it. But baptism is so much more than all of that. Um, it speaks about forgiveness. It's, a, it's like a cleansing. You know, the Bible often talks about sin as a stain. And, you know, if ever you're dirty, what's the, what, what do you do? You, you have a bath or you have a shower and, and let the water just cleanse you from all of that dirt. And baptism is kind of a type of that because it, it kind of cleanses us from our sin. It represents that, that we can be cleansed from all of our sin by the grace of God. It speaks about commitment. It's saying before this congregation, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ all the days of our life. Why, why, why do we do weddings in a, in a public place? Because, because it's, a, it's a commitment to God and, to, and before this, this congregation, two people are saying, you know what, we're going to stay together for the rest of our lives. Baptism is a bit like that. It's a, it's a public confession of our faith in Jesus Christ that says, I'm going to serve the Lord all the days of my life. It's a declaration in the spiritual realm, not just to the congregation. And it speaks of new life. Paul says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism in a death in order that we, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. It speaks of us about a new life, a different life that we can have through a relationship with Jesus Christ. It kind of represents the, the, the death and the burial of Jesus and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we put people underwater, they die. It's kind of symbolically die for a little bit because they can't breathe. Occasionally we've left a few people in a bit longer, but they usually stay in there and, and, and it's a symbol of dying. It's like I'm dying to my old self and then I'm coming up to new life. Because we believe that through Jesus Christ, we can experience a new life, a different life. That's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is, is the power unto salvation for those who believe. Because for those who believe, they can experience a different life, a new life. Now, to help us understand more about baptism, I want to give you two pictures out of the Bible. One is from the New Testament, one is from the Old Testament. And my prayer is that, 
you know, God is going to speak to us today. Now, a lot of this is going to be a revision. For those of you that are new to faith, sorry, for those of you that have, you know, the veterans, those of you that are, you know, kind of, you know, in the retirement phase of your Christianity, you've kind of been around for a long time. And, and some of this is going to be like, uh, you know, a revision. But, you know, I think we all need revision from time to time. Uh, but for those of you that might be new, um, it's going to kind of describe why baptism is so important, so crucial in our walk with God. So as we look at this, I just pray that God will speak to us and, um, and even through this. And even for those of us that may have been baptized many years ago, that we'll be reminded what this is really all about, what baptism is really all about. So the first of the pictures comes from the New Testament. It's when Jesus was baptized. We read about it in our text. The um, Bible says at that time Jesus came from Nazareth and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he sees heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice comes from heaven. You're my son, whom I love with you. I am well pleased. Baptism reminds us, among all the things, it reminds us that we're loved by God. It's been a bit of a theme in the last couple of weeks with Pastor Ronald and then, and then uh, Pastor Mario also sharing on a similar text. For some people, bap baptism is just this one-time event that you kind of takes place in your life. Oh yeah, I need to get baptized. Let me tick that box. And once it's ticked, it's finished. But I believe we're supposed to go back to baptism again and again in our lives. We're supposed to go back and then remember the decision that we made. Uh, before God and before the congregation. I talk about that a bit in the area of marriage. I say, you know, uh, the, the wedding is, is crucial. It's a, it's a place we go back to when things get tough, you know, in, in the marriage and when, when, when there's a, you know, you go through some rocky times and so on and so on. But, but you go back to the commitment that you made before God and before the people to, to remember that for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, we're going to be together by the grace of God. There are certain things that happened to Jesus when he was baptized. The things that happened to Jesus speak to us about what Jesus wants to do in our lives. The Bible says that when Jesus was baptized, the heavens were opened. You know, there's a, we live in a, in, a, in a natural world and we live in a supernatural world. There's earth, which we know, and then there are the heavens, which is, which is, uh, uh, which is the spiritual realm. And the Bible says that the, that the heavens were opened. I, I just love that whole concept because, you know, uh, baptism but salvation, uh, uh, when, when, when we experience salvation, it's like the heavens are open and suddenly we're open to the spiritual realm. And, you know, there's a whole lot of resources that are available to us you know, when, when, when the heavens open and, 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 uh, and there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a whole heap of scriptures. We should look at that one day. You know, the Bible says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There's this concept of the natural and the supernatural. I love the scripture in Malachi that says, you know, uh, God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and, 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 uh, and test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not op open the, the windows of heaven. And pour out so much blessing on you that you're not going to be able to contain it. Speaks about the heavens being poured out, the, the resources of heaven being poured out in our lives. And here we have the heavens opened when Jesus was, was baptized. And that's what we want to experience. And then the spirit comes upon Jesus like a dove. You know, before, before, um, before uh, Jesus even healed someone and preached his first message, he was first baptized. Spirit comes upon him. And then he was released for ministry. And the Spirit wants to come upon you and me. 
How we need the Spirit of God to come upon us to do things we could never do on our own. And notice a voice from heaven said, You're my son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. Baptism provides an opportunity for God to speak a word into our lives. And, and notice what God says. I want to kind of touch on this a bit. Notice what God says about his son. He says, you're my son, whom I love, and I'm well pleased with you. A few weeks ago, Pastor Ronald shared here, and he asked uh, the church, he asked, he asked the question, how many people want to please God? And the whole congregation, yeah, we want to please God. And then he asked a question, um, how many believe that God is pleased with them? And I don't know if you felt it, but I certainly felt it. This kind of hush went across the congregation where people are going, you know, do I put my hand up? I know I should put my hand up, but what I really think is, I'm not really sure he's really pleased with me. Because the reality is most of us don't believe that God is really, really pleased with us. Because deep down inside, we feel like we're not doing enough, not good enough, spiritual enough, praying enough, reading our Bible enough. We, we, we feel at times like God is tolerating us. You know what I mean? Like God is always kind of, oh, yeah, it's just you, it's Joe again. Oh, you know. When Jesus was baptized, of all the things God could have said to Jesus, God could have said so many things to him. He could have said, listen, the road ahead is going to be tough. You know, brace yourself. Things are going to get worse for you. Jesus could have said, God could have said a whole range of things to Jesus. But notice what he says. He says, you're my son, whom I love. And with you, I'm well pleased. Pastor Joe, what does baptism mean and what does it represent? It means that no matter who you are, or what you think of yourself, or what kind of life you've lived, you are loved by God. It's one of the greatest revelations that we can have in our walk with God, that we are loved by God. First message God wants you and me to know is that we're loved, God is pleased with us, we're children of God. And some of us need to get a hold of that verse. And we need to declare it over our lives. Because for some of us, we can't hear that enough. I'm a child of God. Uh, I, I, I know that God loves me. And he's pleased with me. Because all of us go through doubts in our lives. All of us have insecurities. All of us are dysfunctional. It's just a question of degree. Amen? How many dysfunctional people do we have here this morning? It's one or two. The rest are... Even more dysfunctional because I don't even admit it. They're in a real deception. You guys are really in trouble. Um, we, we all got insecurities, come on, to a greater or lesser degree. We all doubt ourselves. We all think that the person sitting next to us is just a little bit, doing a little bit better than us. And, 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 and we think that God, well, God likes them, but not me, you know. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to convince us that God is ticked with us and kind of get us to the place where we just kind of give up in our walk with God because we just say, this is too hard. That's why we need to get this verse and let it become a revelation in our hearts. Because what God declared over his son is the same words he declares over you and me. The Bible says, yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We are children of God. We are children of God. 
And, you know, God carries a picture of us in his wallet. He's proud of us. You know, when parents are new, they go, you know, pictures of their kids, you know. This is my kid, this is my kid, this is what my kids look like. That's fantastic. That's all great, you know. Why do they get older? It just yes. Anyway, it's another story. But, um, you know, parents are proud of the kids. They are. We, we, there's not a thing we wouldn't do for our children. And the Bible says we're children of God. We are sons and daughters of God. And some of you might be saying, yeah, but, but God loved his son because he was perfect. I'm not perfect. Paul says to the Corinthians, it's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. We stand righteous before God, not because of our good works, not because of the good things that we've done, but because of the righteousness of Christ. We, we stand righteous before God, not because we read our Bible a real lot this week, not because we prayed so many hours this week, not because of any of those things. We stand righteous before God because of Jesus Christ, because we have given our lives to Jesus Christ. And when God sees us, he sees Jesus. And it's because of Christ that we can experience the mercy and the grace of God. You know, I understand that there, there, are, there, are, there are many people here today that maybe you've never heard the words, I love you. Maybe you've never felt like your parents, your mother or father were pleased with you. Never, never, never heard those words, I'm proud of you. Or there are some people here that maybe have made some bad decisions. And you're living with the consequences of those decisions, the guilt and the shame. And you've accepted in your life that you'll probably never really measure up to where you should be. You've accepted that your life is going to be a life where God is always just going to be a little bit ticked with you. And if that's you, I want you to know that's a life from the pit of hell. I want those words to sink into your spirit and into your heart. You're my son, you're my daughter. Whom I love, and with you I'm well pleased. We serve a God that is full of grace and mercy. You know, there's a difference between justice, mercy, and grace. Pastor Mario touched on this last week. Justice is getting what we deserve. Mercy is being forgiven of the mistakes that we've made. It's being forgiven for the sins that we've committed. If you got a speeding fine, but you know, the policeman says, well, I'm not going to charge you today. I could charge you, you were speed, speeding, but... It's never happened to me, but anyway, every time I got caught speeding, I got, I got a fine. But, but it's, it's the policeman saying, but today I'm not going to fine you. Mercy. The Bible says if we confess our sins to God, he's faithful and just and will forgive us of all of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness in the name of Jesus by the grace of God. That's the mercy of God, but grace goes just one step further. Grace says not only am I going to forgive you, but I'm, but I'm just going to bless you as well. It's like those steak knives commercials we used to get. I mean, they're on those, those you know, those, those the station today where they sell stuff, but it's always, it's always the same thing. But I remember the steak knives commercial. And, you know, they say, but wait, there's more. You know, and they show you the steak knives that has more. And if you, if you ring today, first 50 people that ring, we'll include not one set, but two sets. That was always a worry for me because I thought, how cheap are these knives? How rubbish are they if they're going to get two sets for the one, you know, for the one price? And then, and then they say, well, wait, there's free delivery today. And then you're going to get that very special peeler as well. You know? and, and they just kept going and there's more and there's more and there's more. 
And that's the grace of God. Come on, church. That's the grace of God. God says, but just wait, there's more. And, and, and then you keep walking with God. And he said, no, that's not enough yet. And there's more and there's more and there's more and there's more. And he continues to bless us. Not only am I going to forgive you, but I'm going to bless you even more and more. And do you know why? Because you're my son, whom I love. And I'm pleased with you. I think the world of you. I created you for such a time as this. Now, please don't misunderstand me. People have all these different, uh, you know, uh, perceptions of God or opinions of what God is like. Some people see God as this angry God. Others see him as this fluffy teddy bear. Both of those images are wrong. They're not in the Bible. John, in speaking about Jesus, says, says he was full of grace and full of truth. He was full of grace and full of truth. So many pictures in the Bible of this, but my, my favorite, my favorite, and I, I went through, I thought, let me try and share another story. I couldn't find one, so I'm just going to stick to my favorite, which is the woman caught in adultery. If you've been in church, you know the story. The Pharisees and the religious leaders, they catch uh, uh, this couple in adultery, whatever it was. And, and anyway, they drag this woman and they bring her before Jesus. Not the man, just the woman, just mentioning it. And they said, the law says that she should be stoned to death. What do you think, Jesus? And Jesus says, sure, but let it, he who is without sin, let him, let him cast the first stone. It's just an, an awesome story that speaks of the grace of God. Because ultimately, we were that lady. doesn't matter what sin it was. That was her sin. But we've all had sin. We could have all been dragged before Jesus and said, you know, they've sinned. They deserve to be stoned to death. What do you think, Jesus? And Jesus says, well, let he who is without sin cast the first stone one by one. They start, you know, turning away. I love the way the Bible says, first the older guys and then the younger guys. The older ones were smart. Let's get out of here because this is going to get worse. Jesus starts drawing in the sand. And then finally, Jesus is left with the woman. And if there was one person that could have started throwing stones at her, you know who it was? It was Jesus because he was perfect. He had no sin. And instead... Jesus says, well, where are your accusers? And she says, they've all gone. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. That's the grace of God. And then Jesus says, and go and sin no more. That's the truth of God. It's the truth. Jesus full of grace, mercy and love. And Jesus full of truth. If Jesus sees us walking towards a, a, a ditch uh, or, or over the cliff, Jesus is not going to say, yeah, keep, keep walking, keep walking. No, he's going to say, he's going to speak truth in our lives. No, repent, go in the, another direction. He's the God of grace and he's the God of truth. What does baptism remind us? It reminds us that no matter who we are or what we've done, we can all experience the grace of God. And we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful revelation to get. It's a beautiful revelation. Pastor Joe, you don't understand the home I grew up in and et cetera, et cetera. And I, and I understand. You know, maybe we didn't get any of that from our home. Maybe you did. God bless you. But a lot of people grew up in homes where there wasn't that affirmation that they needed. But there's a place where we can get that affirmation. There's a, there's a, there's a place in the presence of God where we, we can experience the love of God and the grace of God. And the, I'm loved by God. I'm loved by God. I am loved by God. God lo no one else loves me in this world. I know that I'll, I am loved by God. 
by his grace and for his glory. Can I hear an amen? I know that if no one else loves me, Lena will love me. And my mum will love me. She will love me. She will love me. Second of the pictures comes from the Old Testament. It's the crossing of the Red Sea. Many of us know the story. For 400 years, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. Then God delivers them from Egypt in a powerful way. And then he leads them into the promised land. It's a story about the deliverance of the people of Israel, but it's actually a metaphor for our lives. Egypt is a type of the world that ultimately only enslaves us. So here was Egypt. They were slaves. Sorry, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. And God delivers them out of there. And he brings them into the promised land. And Egypt, um, and kind, kind of this story, is a, is, is a theme that runs right throughout the Bible. Egypt is a type of the world that ultimately enslaves us. And we live in a world that says if you really want to be happy, you need, you need to have more. You haven't quite got enough. You just need a little bit more. More money, a sleeker body, more hair, more likes on your Instagram, more, more, more. Because the more you have... Then, 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 then you're going to really be happy. And we can spend our whole lives chasing that carrot. Whatever the carrot represents in our lives, we're forever chasing this carrot, but never quite getting there. We become slaves to things that promise so much, but never deliver. And God says, I want to take you out of this. And I want to bring you to a place. God says, I want to take you out of Egypt and I want to bring you to a place, the promised land, where you can really experience joy. Jesus says these words, come to me, it's an invitation, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. I love this scripture. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. In an age when we have everything we could possibly imagine at our fingertips, what we're missing is rest for our souls, rest for our mind, rest for our emotions. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I don't need anything. God wants to take us out of that rat race and bring us to a place where we can experience freedom, life, joy, meaning. God wants to take us to our own promised land where we can experience the favor of God. Now for the people of Israel, what stood between Egypt and the promised land was the Red Sea. And once they crossed the Red Sea, there was no way they were ever going to go back to Egypt. Interestingly, the crossing of the Red Sea is a type of baptism. Look at what Paul says in Corinthians. They went through the waters in a baptism like ours as Moses led them from enslaving death to salvation life. Baptism speaks to us about so many things. But one of the things it speaks to us about, it's a declaration that says, I'm not going back to the old life. I'm not going back to the way I used to live. I'm not going back to the person I used to be. Drawing a line in the sand that from this day forward, I'm going to serve the Lord. From this day forward, I will be everything God has called to me, me to be. When Israel left Egypt, the Egyptians chased Israel because they wanted them bring, to bring them back. Come on, you know the story. And the enemy's forever going to come after us and say, come back to Egypt, come back to the old life. The enemy's forever going to tempt us to go back to Egypt, to the way we used to live, to the stuff we used to do, to the habits we used to have. The, 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 the Egyptians are going to come after us. The enemy's going to forever come after us, trying to get us to go back to Egypt. 
to the old way of life, to the old way of thinking. Listen, there's something deeply spiritual that happens when, when, when we get baptized. It's not just a dip in the water. There's something deeply spiritual that's happening. It's a declaration in the spiritual realm that says, by the grace of God, enemy, you are defeated. I'm not going back. You have no hold of my life. And by the grace of God, I'm going to serve the Lord all the days of my life. When we're tempted by the enemy to go back to Egypt, we need to go back to baptism and say, no, wait a minute, I made a decision to serve the Lord all the days of my life. And by the grace of God, with the strength and the power of God, I'm going to serve the Lord every day of my life. You know, I said today in the Italian service, I said, in psychology, you know, they always want to, they, they they're always looking back, you know, and... Um, and I, there's a place for that, by the way. There is a place to go back and kind of explore, but you can't change anything in the past and kind of understand things. But what I love about Christianity is, is, is God, God occasionally, by the, the Holy Spirit, will bring us back, but he doesn't want us to go back. When we come give our lives to Christ, it's always forward. It's always moving forward. Jesus says to Simon, he says, Simon... You really are a Simon. You're all over the shop. But what I see is a Peter. Let's move forward. But Paul says, he's one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I press on ahead to what Christ has for me. So please don't misunderstand me. There's some value in, in exploring some of that. But don't stay there because otherwise you, you, it's, it's like this dark hole. Where do you stop? Oh, but Pastor John, I need to explore with my, my parents. Well, your parents weren't perfect because their parents weren't perfect because their parents weren't perfect. Then you go back. It was, you know what? It's Adam and Eve's fault. The reason why we're in this mess, Adam and Eve. And it's a bit touch and go there because, you know, Eve first and then Adam. Adam, I was thinking about that this week. I thought, you know, Eve, Eve gets a bad rap. She gets a bad rap because she ate first. But come on, Adam, for goodness sake, man. Get it together. At least Adam, stand up. Be counted. No. Yeah, I'll have some too, thanks. And here we are today. Now, I know you guys are holy ones. I know. Life Christian Center, very holy. If you guys were there in the Garden of Eden, it wouldn't have happened. I know that. But it was Adam and Eve. Bad luck. So we can see. The enemy always wants us to go back. Go back. Go back. God always wants us to move forward. Forgetting what is behind. Press on to be everything that God has called me to be by his grace and for his God. Baptism speaks to us. We're not going back to Egypt. We're not going to go back to Egypt. We're going to move forward into everything that God has for us by his grace and for his glory. You know, people have all these preconceived ideas about faith, about church, about God. And the majority of people's views about God are influenced by the media and so-called science. I don't know what your perception of God is. Maybe some people here that are visiting us and kind of new to faith. I want you to know two things. First of all, that God loves you and he cares about you. And he created you and he has a plan for your life. And he thinks the world of you. And secondly, he offers you and me a life of freedom where we're no longer slaves to stuff, to position, to things. He offers a joy that only He can give, a peace that is profound and a life filled with purpose. 
What's God like? I tell you two things baptism speaks. Number one, He loves you. 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 He's pleased with you. Thinks the world of you. He loves you. We need to tell ourselves a thousand times a day. Some of us need to change some neural paths. A lot of the research is saying that we've got to change the neural networks in our brain. How do we change those neural networks? By confessing truth to our lives. I'm loved by God. I'm loved by God. He is pleased with me. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of the living God. He loves me. He's pleased with me. By the grace of God. And secondly, He offers you and me a life of freedom. Freedom from stuff. Freedom from things. No, I don't need a bigger house. I'm really happy with what I've got. I don't need anything else. All we need to do is open our hearts to Jesus Christ. I wonder when you're you're stressed or down, feeling a little bit blue, what, what do you do to treat those feelings? How do you medicate your pain, depression, the down days? I had a bit of a tough day this week. Uh, went to see a specialist for my throat and uh, got to have a bit of surgery in a few weeks' time. Everybody say, oh, oh. come on, a bit of, bit of emotion, for goodness sake. Yeah, come on, man. A bit of empathy, sympathy. Why is this church, man? <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting it. Um, anyway, so I was, a bit, I was a bit, you know, like, oh, it's kind of caught me by surprise. So I went to my go-to when I feel a bit down, discouraged. It's going to come up on here. There it is. <laughs> I said, Joe, you deserve it. So I went to buy a chocolate donut and the lady goes, nah, you want a chocky donut, do you? She was judging me. She was full judging me. All right, right there and then. Ah, you want a chocky donut, do you? This was no ordinary chocky donut. Um, this one here was a high protein, um, low carb, um, no sugar, no fat, decaffeinated, gluten free, um, unleaded uh, donut. Look at it, it's full of nutrition. In fact, research showed that a chalky donut a day cures most problems in life. That's a lot of research. It's the Leone Institute. Apparently they've done some research and it's, it's, it's foolproof. Amazing, amazing. I just want you to just look at that donut. How many people can taste it? Can you taste it right now? I mean, I can. The chocolate, the fat, the carbs. I mean, you can try and imagine what it tastes like, but you're never going to know until you take a bite. David says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. And you'll never know how good God is until you open up your life to Him. Because when you do, when the lights go on, when it makes sense, when your eyes are open, you'll never be the same again. Some people think that baptism is just another, it's a religious tradition, it's what Life Christian Centre does. My religion does it one way, your religion does it another way. If that's all baptism is, then we've missed the the true purpose of baptism. Baptism speaks to us about so much. It says we're loved by God and God offers us a life of freedom. 
And all we need to do to experience that freedom is invite Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. It's to pray a simple prayer. Jesus, I just give my life to you. It's not a complicated. Pastor Joe, what do I need to do? How many good works do I need to do? How much do I need to pray, read my Bible? How much do I need to give? If I give to missions, will I be saved? No. No, that won't save you. It's a good thing, but it won't save you. The only way that we can be saved is by giving our life to Jesus. Lord, I just give my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Three days later, rising from the dead. Thank you for paying the price. I just want to serve you. Well, the day, that's the confession of baptism. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Yes. Do you believe he rose from the dead the third day? Yep. You're willing to serve him all the days of your life? You betcha. And in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I baptize you in the name of Jesus. When we pray that simple prayer, we can experience the greatest miracle of all, the miracle of salvation, by his grace and for his glory. Will you stand with me? So, Father, I just thank you for your word, and I thank you, Father God, even for those that have raised their hands. Speak by the Holy Spirit. Save by the Holy Spirit, I pray. Let there be a revelation of what baptism really is, that we will honor you and serve you all the days of our life. This is our prayer, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.